This week on the Horse Racing Happy Hour, we look back at the week that was, including Wida Barrio's romp in the Holy Bull at Gulfstream Park. Friend of the show, Matt Ditterman, stops by to discuss El Camino Real Derby Day at Golden Gate Fields. And we head to Tampa Bay Downs to talk Sam F. Davis Day. Who am I kidding? The king is back in the Pelican Stakes. Fill up those glasses. It's going to be a drink-heavy episode of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. And it starts right about now. Love it. <laughs> One, two, three, and to the folks. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the All right. It is time for music? the horse race. No, listen, Super Bowl halftime show brings like finally music <laughs> that I want to listen to. Dr. Dre, this Sunday, the only thing would have been better is that the 49ers were there, but they're, you know, it's all right. We finally lost to the Rams after, you know, seven tries for them. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little boned, but uh, I am excited about the Super Bowl halftime show for like the first time ever because Dr. Dre. Yeah. Are you a Dr. Dre I fan? I was a big Maybe. fan. I was a, I was a big fan of the uh, Shakira uh, J-Lo halftime. Well, I was too, but not for the music. So. Yeah, so we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago like on, on the B show on <laughs> ESPN Louisville, and the the ones that we remembered were like like Prince was awesome, and then uh, we couldn't really think of other ones that we loved. I love the Katy Perry one when she came in on the Lion. Um, yeah, because I I yeah. enjoy spectacle. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, but uh, but yeah, the guy sitting across from me goes, "Oh yeah, no, Shakira." Maybe like, yeah, we all like Shakira. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All guys like Shakira. <laughs> I have no idea what her face looks like, but I can tell you what everything else looks like. That's all I'm saying. Nice. All right, so uh, we got a special guest that we're going to add to get his take on uh, the 49ers not being in the Super Bowl uh, because he's live from Golden Gate Fields, and that is our friend of the show, Matt Dinnerman. There he is. Hi, oh, guys. Man. How you doing? I was trying to, trying to play Rubber Ducky, but it didn't freaking go. Oh. <laughs> That'd be great. Hold on. I just, you know, I don't even know what's going on here. Let's get a little bit of rubber duck. Wait for it. Come uh, on, Mikey. You're the one. You make bad All right. Time. So if you don't know, Matt loves his rubber duckies. And he's got how many rubber duckies you have in the uh in the booth with you? It's over 200 now. And I only actually acquired about 30 of them and the rest have been nice. sent to me from fans all around the world. And they have a good home up in the booth. So they love That's horse great. racing. Their favorite thing to do is watch horse racing. So, you know, I might have taught them a thing or two, but, you know. And would you be more excited I about imagine... coming to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky Derby? Because we do have a Kentucky Derby. Derby. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky Derby. Because I want to hopefully train a winner. Call. One day. You, you should call the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky I'm a, I might be able to make that happen, actually. Because the one of the people really? who took that on okay, is on the guy. Derby Festival Board directors. He's on the, yeah. Yeah. He's on, he's, we might be able to we might uh, be able to make that happen. I mean, magic happens on the horse racing happy hour. <laughs> and that might be part of the magic. Wow. Because why not, right? She would love that angle. It would be fantastic. And uh yeah. The, if you don't know, for people who are not from Louisville, we basically dump a whole bunch of ducks in the Ohio River, and then the first one that <laughs> swims down uh, stream the fastest. I don't even know. It's for real charity. ducks. Real ducks. No. They're not rubber ducks. They're no, they're rubber ducks. They, oh, they're rubber ducks. People, and, uh, pay people got their better. names on them and whatever People else. pay and they yeah, put them on. It's for charity. Real ducks. Yeah, it's for charity. <laughs> it's oh, <funny>. lovely. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want to put a real live thing in the Ohio River. It would not be pretty. It'd be pretty... <laughs> It is the most polluted river in the North it America, is. so I would not so put anything in there. It's it is disgusting. What is the uh Seinfeld line? Uh the uh oh the Norfolk has more gross tonnage, something like that than yeah. the uh <laughs> when, 
Sorry. Yeah, sorry. You lost, oh, lost us yeah, on that yeah, one. No, I know. I know. That, that, <laughs> Megan wasn't even born when that show came out. Yeah, we get it. All right. So we got Matt on. Yeah. Matt's on from uh, Golden Gate Fields. We also got, of course, Louis Rebeau, who's always on with us, and the ever fabulous and f- beautiful Megan <laughs> Devine, um, who's got a horse. Uh, named after her, that's running today. Special Princess is running today, so that's named oh. after Megan. Yeah, there you go. Um, was one, I presented an award at Sanity that it was the was it Special Goddess or something? Goddess something was the name of the I'm not gonna go that far. Or like the handicap. Yeah, Michael Rona did because he was yeah. like appropriately presenting the trophy for the <laughs> Special yeah. Goddess or whatever it was, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt's on because we got a big day of racing at Golden Gate coming up on Saturday, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, Matt, you want to tell us, tell us in general, like what's exciting and new at Golden Gate this year in 2022? Well, we've got fans back in 2022, so that's that's exciting. that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're not laying back. on the track; they're actually no, no, no you're good. They are <laughs> not permitted to be on the track. Yeah, and uh, it's it's you know honestly we're really looking forward to a good rest of the second half of this winter spring meet. Obviously we've got the El Camino Real Derby uh, the gold rush weekend, which has been very successful is back in play here. And last year when we had it, we couldn't get as many shippers as maybe we could have liked because of those COVID protocols. But this time around, I think we could get some shippers in the first year we had the gold rush weekend. We even had Dermot Weld send a horse from mm. Europe for the San Francisco mile. And there may be a shot that he may send some horses back here. And for some reason, Dermot Weld really wants to win the California Derby <laughs> on the Tapita. He's like, I like the San Francisco mile and everything, but apparently he's talking about winning the California Derby. He's like, I'm going to beat those American horses in the Derby. So Amazing. he may have one. We nice. may have one. So we've got the uh, gold rush weekend and, uh, Everything else is looking pretty good. Our turf racing will be back in mid-April, and the weather's been good so far during the rain yep. season. Knock on wood. So, it's it's uh, things are going good in the Bay Area here. Nice. You have uh, a great camera angle during your broadcast that you go to between races from the northwest corner of the property, and your turf course mm-hmm. looks perfect. And all I can ever think is they can run one or two races in a card on the turf, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I we, don't I... we don't <laughs> need rails. We don't need rails. And uh, we have yeah. uh, Megan. What do you think of Louis' hat? Uh, well, he, I would say he is the king, but he's not because somebody else well, is. But uh, who, who is the king, but, Megan? Know, so we can explain the up. drinking role that is going to be in full effect today. <laughs> and if you are listening, if you're if you follow our drinking rules, please do not drive after tonight's show. Oh, because it's, it is yeah, no, please. Brutal. And if you are driving. Or, I mean, I don't know, just like pull over now or just wait to listen to the show maybe until tomorrow. Light beer might be the thing to accompany this show. Right? Yeah, I'm starting with water. I'm cheating today because um, I can't get rid of this cough and uh, I was afraid of the show. That's why bourbon's, that's what bourbon's for. Like bourbon yeah. is specifically well, maybe for that. I might step away and uh, make myself like a hot toddy or something. All right. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, for... it is. Uh, it's all about King Guillermo today. So for people, oh, drink Mike? King Guillermo drink right there. For people not uh, watching us, if you are live watching us live right now, or if you're on Spotify on the replay, you can watch the video. Uh, and then we there we go. We get our boy BP letting us know that whiskey is medicinal. Um, <laughs> I know, um, I know. And so uh, Louis is wearing a, a a king's crown today. So darn right, 
because he is so excited to see King Guillermo. And I will I tell you right now. I would have worn my tiara had I known that we were dressing up today. <laughs> her, uh, her beauty queen tiara because, you know, yeah. she's a special princess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Woo! I will not be going that way. I'll be going a different way in that race for sure because of another horse's name. But that's fancy. Same. We'll, we'll say that. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's talk real quick about what happened last week in the world of horse racing. It starts with the Holy Bull. Of course, there's some derby points there. Uh, White Abario, uh, correctly predi predicted by Louis Rabot, um, won that race. Uh, Megan, what does Abario mean in Spanish? I think it's Spanish. Louis, Spanish, right? I don't know. I don't I don't speak Spanish. Louis is the language guy. Why yeah, it's just him? a neighborhood. Yeah, no, it's, but well, it's also bark. The word for bark, isn't it? Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, barrio. Okay, well, there you go. Never, yeah. All right. So there. A barrio uh, or a barrio? Barrio is barrio. I guess the it's got the R's. It's got yeah. the R's together, so you should roll them, right? Barrio. There you go. Yeah, a yeah. barrio. <laughs> so, uh, what do what are what were the talks uh, talking points about the Holy Bull? What do you think, Megan? You want to go first? Um, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm all of a sudden getting all kinds of phone calls. Um, no. I mean, you're popular. I thought that I know. No, it's not that. There's just too many animals that try to just, just animals just try to die all the time. It's just it's just a thing that happens. Uh, let me go first <laughs> while I find my notes here. Well, I'm pulling up my tweets here too. So actually. <laughs> Decided you are not prepared for the show. I'm on the show. Sheet. I am prepared for the show. Telling what's going on. There's animals Listen, trying to I need die to work with professionals. Professionals that are right. prepared and ready to go. So I had I had White Barrio on top because he had gone. He ran what I thought was a disappointing third, actually, in the Kentucky Jockey Club. But he had that two-turn experience from his two-year-old season, was coming back, training really well right. at Gulfstream. And then he seemed to love the surface. He had already won at a mile a couple of times at Gulfstream Park. He had already done the two turns at Churchill. To me, it was a natural fit, and it actually – I mean, I think we got six or seven to one on him at the end of the day, so it just turned out to yeah. be one of those really good shots. So I will say, too, I thought it was just an excellent ride by Tyler Gaffleone to get yep. him in an early position because we talked about it before the, <coughs> before the race on the show, but – you know, pretty much right as you go, as you break from the gate, you're you're in that first turn at uh, Goldstream Park. And so I thought he did a really good job just to make sure that he was going to be in a spot that was clear. He wasn't going to have to be boxed out or whatever, take back, et cetera. So I just thought that the immediately as soon as the gates opened, he just got to work and he got his horse in a really competitive position from the start. And that was just the key. All right. Matt, you have anything takes on that? You want to you want to chime in? Yeah, I really like what Megan says. And, you know, half the battle, I think, as a rider is putting your horse in the right spot. And Tyler did that to a T, um, getting your horse the right trip. I mean, that's very important. And he did that. And I was, I'm with Louie, I'm surprised that this horse went off at five to six to one around there because I liked him too. Sure. I, I mean, you look at the race he comes out of, and those two horses he finished behind when he ran third at Churchill, uh, very, very good three year olds. I mean, at the top of their class, really. Um, so I'm not surprised he won. I think he's a pretty serious horse, and it probably wasn't a fluke. I mean, he's three for four now, and the only time he lost, he lost to good horses. Obviously, he's going to need to pick it up to beat those horses now and turn the tables on him. But sure. overall, I thought it was a very good race. And, you know, I thought Mo Donegal might be a little bit vulnerable, and he was. But he didn't run bad. He just sort of plodded along and clunked up for third so off of that he's going to need to turn it around i think i think white abario could just end up being the better horse wouldn't surprise me at all awesome all right so uh let's move on to the four gal 
who uh, Girl with the Dream pulled that one off. Uh, I'm not they... sure I understand. Oh, geez. That was Siri. That was Siri. Siri. Was girl with a dream. That's what is, I said. Is I Siri the girl with a dream? Does she dream? Is Siri the girl with a dream? <laughs> she, Matt, she's, she's, on the uh -huh. she's on the Apple Watch. She's on the phone. She's all over the place. It's like, go I'm away. just glad that you didn't have like some weird name that Siri calls you. I'm sorry, Big Daddy. I don't know what you want. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like some British guy on the other end. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's let's go to the video here, JD, if you have the forward gal. A mile yeah. to go. Luis Saez trying to get one more furlong from Girl with a Dream. She's clear two and a half. Radio Days is launching late. 16th to run. Girl with a Dream driven out. Girl with a Dream wins the forward gal. Radio Days was second, third last leaf, fourth Diamond Wild, then Gratitude in 123 and two. So the favorite goes down in this race as well, Louis. What'd you think? This was an incredibly fast race. If you look at those fractions, I think it was high 22s, mid 45, and the 110. Really, really fast. Um, I this was a, the other one that I had right on this day, uh, girl uh, with a dream. This had Brad Cox, Louis Sias written all over it, and he gave her the absolute appropriate trip. Um, I think it was Dylan Davis. Actually, was Dylan Davis on Radio Days? Yes. Yeah. Got into a little bit too much trouble for a seven for a long race uh, for what he was up against with girl with a dream being in this field. And so um, I, I think a lot of this was Saya's just getting her to the spot where she needed to be. It isn't as though she's not a really, really good horse, a really nice filly. I will go ahead and say that neither of these two horses end up in the Oaks. Like they don't even run in the Oaks. Correct. Wow. All right, Megan. All right. Uh, yeah. Bold, I mean, I prediction right there for Louie. I think based on, prediction. based on the last couple of years, so Zagel won this race last year yep. and she's turned out to be a right. very nice one turn type of horse. I think that's what yeah. we see in this kind of prep, uh, coming into the Oaks. Mm -hmm. We see more Oaks horses in something like the Martha Washington at Oakland, that kind of thing. And so for me, I don't think either of these, I think they can both be really good fillies, really good mares. It just, I think they're going to be doing it at one turn. I feel like yeah, I no, I, <clears throat> I would agree. With that, I mean, I, I don't really see a horse that jumps out of me here, and I think you know total Oaks potential, but um, but nonetheless, I thought it was a really good performance, and totally. I think <clears throat> we talked a lot about her on the show, and uh, I thought Brad Cox and Louis Saez would be pretty competitive, and just her running style too, the fact that she's able to kind of relax a little bit, but she also can be put on the lead. I think that right. versatility gives her um, a really big advantage, especially when you're talking about <clears throat> obviously six furlongs, but. Some of these seven furlong, really tough races that you can see. She was in the spinaway. Obviously, that didn't work. But uh, this particular day here in the forward gal over that seven furlongs worked for her. So she can continue to show that in her races. I think, you know, maybe we see her stretch out a little bit. Maybe she can handle the mile. Um, but she certainly has yeah. proven herself as a sprinter. Yeah, I think one turn mile at Gulfstream or at Churchill or places, you know, maybe up at, uh, in the New York tracks. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's all very much a play for Girl with a Dream, for sure. All right. For sure. Got anything to add? No, I'm pretty much with Louie and Megan there. I mean, I think Girl with a Dream, I think her future is going to be sprinting. I mean, she might be able to go a mile, but I, I just – I don't think she's going to end up beat a mile in an eighth filly. And Radio Days, yeah, the verdict's still out on her. I think she's got more of a shot to stretch out, but um, I'm thinking one turn for at least Girl with a Dream, which is not bad. No, <laughs> I not. mean, that's fine. She's going to make a lot of money yeah. you know, if she stays Go be CC, Go be Bells of One. You know what I mean? Go be one of those horses. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to another race that probably won't factor into any of the triple crown races. Let's go to the Withers. Um, let's look <laughs> at early voting here in the Withers. Go for it, JD. 
Stretch. Early voting in front now by eight lengths. Gilded Age on the outside takes second, and Grantham is next in third. It is early voting, who is isolated here. A late move here from Gilded Age, Grantham, and towards the inside, Unoho. It is early voting, who was on top right from the start, and early voting wins the withers, wire to wire. All right, pretty dominating performance right there, Louie. What would you think? As good as White Avario's performance to me, especially since this was the first time routing for this horse. Um, I think both Megan and I had him on top in this race. It was it was the the most likely candidate of a stretch out that was going to work, and he did. So, Mike, I'll go ahead and disagree with you there. I think that this horse showed that with more experience routing, um, that he can he can absolutely be a factor on the Derby Trail this year because my sense is they'll get him out of the New York preps and move him into um, either the Florida preps or maybe the Arkansas prep, something like that. And so uh, I, I think actually he's got a pretty serious future, even just this spring. Okay. I, I think that the most important thing about this race to watch, like, yes, it was very impressive and he is faster than the rest, but I'm going to see if JD can bring us back to the start. And I just want you to watch mm. this horse yeah. because this race was won in the first 10 strides. He's, he's the nine a, here. This is going to be the, the nine horse. Yeah. The nine yeah. turquoise. Yeah. Bang. He comes out <clears throat> right Bang. there. And he just, I counted, it's 10 strides. The race is done. Like everybody should just stop <laughs> yeah. running. It was awesome. Right now. <laughs> there was, was awesome. no, there was no getting to this. The only way that somebody else would have been able to maybe contend, and I don't think this field was good enough to do that, is if somebody else tried to go for it. I mean, right here, they try to run up alongside him there with the five, who was um, <clears throat> core visor for Kelly Breen. But like, yep. You needed to make you needed to block him out of that spot in order for to make any difference in this race, I think. And it just as soon as that horse broke like that, I turned around and I was like, "Well, that's it." <laughs> you know, I mean, there that is, is no a, other horse that can potentially win this race. And that's something we talk about in the spring on this show. That's a winning running style for the Kentucky Derby. Um, it's right, a shockingly exactly. lack of closers type of race. Being in that front pack really matters. If he can get out of the gate like that and maintain it. And get better well, and work on his stamina that way. He could be a, a really serious player, actually. Especially because you have, you know, in the Derby, you're talking about the 20 horses, right? Usually. Yep. And so that first turn is something that we totally have. Uh, we usually have a lot of trouble with. And so if you have a horse that is really quick from the starting gate <clears throat> and you can get into that first turn and hopefully get yourself a safe position, you're going to lose some of that trouble that really can affect a lot of horses' performances that we've seen over the years. So I, I definitely thought it was a, a winning style there. And if it's wet at all and you're getting a bunch of dirt kicked in your face and mud, I mean, like it's, <laughs> and there's a hundred thousand people right next to you screaming while all that's happening. I mean, yeah, it's better to be yeah. in front for sure. For sure. It's been a long time since we've had a derby winner come out of the weather. So we'll have to kind of wait and see what's happening. Yeah, I think I it might even be back. You know, I know that we had Sir Barton, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Matt, anything to add on that? Well, he's out of a tis now, Mayor. So the pedigree says that the distance isn't going to be a problem. That's right. Um, and trainer Chad Brown's pretty <laughs> – I, I don't want to say old. I'm not going to say old school, but I'm going to say if he thought this horse needed a little more foundation under him, he might go a one-turn mile or something like that again. Sure. But he opted to route him. So I sort of think that maybe Chad Brown thinks this horse is going to improve with time and with distance. Um, it wasn't the strongest field that he beat. It wasn't yeah. a fast time, albeit the time is on the dirt over there at Aqueduct. Yeah, I don't watch Aqueduct yeah. a ton, but they're always pretty slow. 
but we've definitely got, I think, a serious racehorse here. Do you, would I make him the Kentucky Derby winner today? Absolutely not. I want to see more. But I, I like where we are with him, at least in his development. He ran really well first time routing. There's a lot of upside. Again, I don't know how good he is compared to the best horses out there. I don't know if he would have won in Florida. I'm sort of leaning towards no. Right. But I, I think there's improvement there. I absolutely think there's yeah. reasons to believe he can continue to move forward. And that's what we want to see, especially in the winter time here. I think that's the perfect type of horse. Uh, to get to May, you're peaking. June, you're peaking. That's a good thing for those mm-hmm. horses. For sure. All right, let's move out to California now and uh, just take a look at a trainer who's absolutely dominating the Triple Crown prep races. Uh, too bad it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Messier. Messier and the Robert B. Lewis. Messier, by the way, my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh, I'm a, I do like the New York Rangers and his – you know, watching him in the Stanley Cup and then flipping over to watch OJ and the White Bronco It was that's exactly wow. what we were watching the NHL's finals, watching the Rangers. And Great centerman, like, great running back. Hey, whatever, and then all of a sudden yeah. here's the White Bronco. So uh let's let's see this replay from the Robert B. Lewis. As Messier turns it on at the top of the stretch. And he is making his mark on the three-year-old crop. It's Messier putting on a dazzling display, opening up by 10, by 12. Messier all alone in the Robert B. Lewis Stakes. That is a horse that can that could do it, but he's got to, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It is going to be so interesting to see what these owners do and what, so, how everything folds out, unfolds in the next couple of weeks. Speaking of that, Starlight crazy. owns a piece of that horse. Yeah. If anyone from Starlight, which is a local group here, wants to come on this show and talk about it, please. We would love to have you um, talk to us about your process. Um, do you plan to have five horses in the Preakness? Um, just tell us. We want to know. <laughs> um, you know, whatever it might be. You know, just tell us. And so, um, you know, we're it's uh, from the outside. <laughs> It is very hard to understand why you would keep that horse. Even if it's a, let's say it's a 50-50 decision on Baffert horses in the Derby this year. They're not going to retroactively go back and award these points, I don't think. Like, I don't think I, they I just, are either. Right? Of course, and these you, points don't really matter either. I mean, It's not winning in at this point. I agree with you. But I it, mean, it just, I, I would love to have, you know, uh, you know, Clinton or any of those guys, like, come on the show. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to understand the rationale because if you know something we don't, we'd love to know it. Um, and also... Mm-hmm. If you're cool with Preakness Belmont route, like I'd love to know that too, because you've won two derbies in the last three years. I mean, like Cripes Almighty, like just I'd love to know what the, the rationale is, what the thought is, because the horse is incredible. Right? He's that's as good as we've seen out of a three three year old male this year. So Megan. Sorry. <laughs> I just I thought it was super impressive. I mean, yeah. th- they uh Matt, <clears throat> refresh my memory. So you you are limited on the number of times you can use the whip or you cannot use the whip in California. Okay. So how it wor- this is the whip rule. I, yeah. I believe this is the current rule. Okay. The rule is that um, you can use the whip six times. Um, and that does right. not include taps on the shoulder. So you can tap them on the shoulder. That does, that's the right, count right, as right. a strike. And you can show uh, the whip. And, and Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Show right. Them, but as far no as problem. like actually... Is there any over the yeah. head shoulder? I think it, I think it's no? got to be like uh, you, no, 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 no. It has to be under the shoulder. shoulder. Okay. 
Um, yeah. And well, it, one thing I was you once you hit. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say there's six times you can you so and you can only do I it thought. twice in a row before you have to give the horse a chance to respond. Then you could do them another two times. Uh -huh. Of course, you could do it one time, but it's up to six times down the lane. So if a rider does it seven times, they're going to get a fine. That's and they where do. we're at. And yeah. no middle-aged yeah. white man is allowed to do the whip and nay-nay at a wedding or anything like that either. So that's the other, <laughs> other part of the rule. So, well, I right. disagree. Yeah, that's wow. the other thing. California. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't even – I just – I wanted to refresh my memory on that, but it. I just – Johnny didn't even need to, to have one because no. that was just a hand ride. And you actually saw him switch his stick over to the uh, to the left side. And I think he was just kind of showing it a little bit down the lane. But, I mean, that was just a smooth performance. At one point, he looked back, like, under his arms, and he was like, where'd everybody go? You know, I mean, I think he was just counting the strides that he had beaten the rest of the field by because it was just – he was so much better than everybody else. It was a paid workout for him. As well, easy also as early voting performance was in the Withers, Messier's performance in the – um bob lewis was 10 times that and we're like when we're at churchill downs in the mornings and they got the different saddle cloths on the derby horses you usually don't have to have the saddle cloths to know which ones are the derby horses because i mean right. Yeah, right. they look <laughs> apart right they look the part messy right. looks the part that's a physical right. specimen of a horse i mean yep, just barrel sure. chest it just unbelievable matt who's the think? last canadian bred to win the kentucky derby by the way <laughs> no one i don't know i don't know eh? <laughs> <laughs> Louis? Well, who is oh, it? Oh, am I up? Oh, no, it's Matt. Yeah, you're up, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought Louis was going to answer his question. I don't know the answer. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I thought right. so, too. All right. I was born oh, in St. John's Hospital in Detroit, which is like at least five miles from Canada. It's totally different. <laughs> but yeah. you, right, you should know. You're the closest, pretty much. <laughs> I totally agree. I should know. <laughs> did, you have a, did you have a crown when you when you were first, you know, brought into this world? Did you have like a little crown I am on your Louis head? The, I am Louis the Fifth, to be fair. I do have a ridiculous name. True. Um, <laughs> okay. So, okay. And my son is Louis the Sixth, which is also ridiculous. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all ridiculous. <laughs> so true, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Matt, what do you think about Messier's performance? I don't think you could deny that it was a spectacular performance. And here's the thing. People are even writing on Twitter, well, who'd he beat? And I'm going to mention this when we talk about the El Camino Real Derby, but you can only beat the horses that you're up against. You can only play with the hand you are dealt. And I talked about mm -hmm. the Withers um, saying, right. I don't know who that horse beat early voting. Well, he beat him by about two or three. This horse won by 10 maybe even right. bigger i mean what 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 else would you want him to do so he went he's a typical bob baffert monster he goes fast he keeps going fast and it's just <laughs> time and time again after, year after year we see these horses and he's the real deal after he finished mirabati didn't talk for like i mean he didn't talk for like six seconds <laughs> it was incredible uh, by the way northern dancer northern dancer was a crazy <laughs> win. um and then sunny's halo that, sunny's halo in 83 Okay. Thank you, JD. Yeah, I so, did look up Northern Thank Dancer. you, JD. But you know, to Matt's point, I almost think it's more <laughs> impressive when he's up against a lesser field and that he can just flat out break away. He shows that maturity. There's just that, like, I'm gonna run my race. I don't I don't need to be pushed or challenged. I'm just gonna go. And um, that's true. I think that's a I mean, we talk about these horses being pack animals all the time, and one that's not afraid to break away from the pack. That's really that's something I want to see yeah. in a 10 point race, at least, you know. Right. Yep. You know, I want to see him challenged a little bit in a 50 or 100 point race, but we'll we'll see. I'm sure he will be. 
Um, you, so. you know, I just wanted to add something, guys, real quick. Um, and I know that he lost to slow down Andy at Los Alamitos. And I call plenty of horses <laughs> that come up to Golden Gate and run here that have run at Los Al or they get claimed and they come out here. Louie is a badass. There you go. <laughs> You are a badass, Louie. Not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the crowd. Listen, that's what middle-aged dads go in Anchorage. (laughs) All all I was saying was, you know, I've seen with Los Alamitos, this isn't a knock on their racetrack or their configuration, but you get some horses that really like it and other horses that really don't like it. Uh, There is a filly named Park Avenue, actually, for John Sadler's. I'm sure you guys have seen her in a couple stakes. It's unfortunate, she, but she's probably best at low style. I mean, she won a first-level allowance by five with her ears pricked up, and she can't duplicate that performance at Santa Anita. It's right. the configuration of the track. And I just wonder if Messier was his first time routing on a weirdly configured course. I think you'd be very mm-hmm. forgiving of that first route race, and you look at the Santa Anita race, and you say that's what he's about. Well, that's what I right. yeah I mean going into that second turn you turn a little bit to the right to go left at San, at Los Al right I mean so <laughs> yeah I mean it, yeah. it's got to be confusing for young horses especially so right. all right let's let's move on uh and let's look at the La Virginies that Baffert also won they're at the top of the stretch and Adair Manor is a special filly she is opening up with complete command Adair Manor makes a statement. She's going to win by double digits under Johnny V. And she is something special. Adair Manor, Uncle Mo's daughter, trounces them in the Las Virginites. All right, another equally impressive performance by Baffert Horse. By the way, thanks to Gulfstream Park and Aqueduct and Santa Anita for the race replays uh, that we got off their YouTube channel. Uh, Louie, yeah. I mean, that, that was dominating too. She runs like her dad. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Right? She's got kind of that, that same stride, actually. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, when you watch Phillies at this point of the year, if they can carry over some of that form that they had late two-year-old year into the three-year-old year, you see it more commonly with Phillies than you do with, with Colts. And so it's fun to watch a horse like a dare man or do that. She's reminds me a little bit of like an Eight Bells or another horse to come out of Southern California that kind of has that easy stride. Um, what, what's interesting about her and her dad is a lot of horses, the the – the stride is very compact. It's it, the, the, the hooves stay together. Hers is very loose. It's very, it's very wide. It's very long. Um, she seems very, very comfortable uh, with what she's doing. And so um, must be nice to be Johnny V and just have these horses <laughs> that just, that just coast in these races, but, um, and obviously not a knock on him. He obviously does a great job, but, um, but no, obviously impressive. Like to see more than four horses in those kinds of races, but uh, it is what it is. Megan. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought honestly, she was just, she was geared down so much by the time that she was even close to the wire that it just looked like, you know, she was cooling out honestly. Uh, But what a, what an easy day for Johnny. (laughs) Those are the kind of horses that you hope to be on. You know, they just take you to the wire and put you in the right spots and that's exactly what she did. So, I mean, I thought that was super, super impressive and, uh, and definitely she was much, much, much the best in there. All right, Matt, how about you? Well, it's interesting because before the race, I wanted to see how Queen of Thorns would run as well because Mm. she was really impressive in her first race. She's by violence, so I figured, okay, a mile, mile and a 16th. I think this race was a mile. I I said she should be fine. 
Um, and Adair Manor just toyed with her, just absolutely toyed with her. And, and her speed figures were, her speed figure regressed off her first race. And sometimes that happens too with horses. They run a really big first race and they, re, they regress. So I think it's sort of hard to say at this point, is she a one-turn filly? Did Queen of Thorns just regress? But the fact that Adair Manor beat her the way she did, I mean, that was that was something else. And Frank Miramati, I call it the Trevor Denman call, where, like, Trevor would, like, with Songbird, if you watch Songbird's replay, like, it was very apparent <laughs> to Trevor, like, this filly is, like, a special filly, and she ended up being. And that was sort of like a Trevor call that Frank gave, like, but he said it literally. He's like, this is a special filly. And she probably right. is. I mean, right. she sure looks like the real deal to me. Just, uh, I, I would say if you had to describe her in one word, it would be powerhouse. I mean, she mm. looked like a powerhouse out there. Just, she's got a really nice athletic stride. You talked yeah. about it, Louis. Yeah. Big, powerful stride. Really long, yeah. High good. cruising speed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, probably some of these fillies, you know, for her. Uh, one step is there too. And that's just right. how it is. You know? So it's going to take some, it's going to take some catching to catch this filly, uh, whether she goes to the Oaks or not, doesn't look like it, but you know, wherever she may be. All right. So it's going to be interesting to me because I, you know, what happens? Does Churchill Downs make a decision or does, uh, are these owners, do they delay long enough that these owners are going to have to eventually just make a call? I mean, what do you guys think? What What's going to, what's the timing? Like, I mean, how, how late can you go? I mean, we get in the 50 point races. You at that point, if you want them in the derby, you're going to have to make a decision for the owners or how long will the decision take? Those are different questions. Two totally different questions. So what, yeah. how long, how long, I think the owner's got to make a decision, but before the next, before the I, next race, I think the owners have already shown you what their decision is. They're going to stick with Baffert. Yep. I think, wow. I think they've shown you what they're going to do. Is Baffert bigger than Kentucky Derby? I think what they're saying is we'll sit it out this year and hope that and, and pick off the Preakness or pick off the Belmont or pick off, I don't know, pick off something at the spa. I don't know. And, and just the Clark, I don't know. Something like that's that. That's if and he then, can run in New York because they're having the hearing going on right now. So that's up in the air. Yeah. Well, New York. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that they, uh, yeah, you see, we see horses switch between trainers all the time in different circuits, you know? And so, I think that they are being loyal, um, but you just, it's such a lucrative race for just from thinking about making oh, a stallion, you know? And, yep, yeah. And then when you have, which is um, essentially where you're going to make the most money. And so <clears throat> when you have, um, you know, those, the, the Kentucky Derby, and then you have all those races in New York, like Matt said, you know, it's not guaranteed that all of a sudden this horse is going to go and be able to win the Travers or the Jim Dandy or whatever. And it's like, Without that as well, I mean, you're really limited in where you can get that grade one black type. That's a really solid field of horses. You know, that's where we're like, oh, who did he beat? You know, what is he going to say in Del Mar and run in the Pacific Classic and maybe they get eight horses in the field? I don't know. I'm not knocking the race, but like, I think the races are much more competitive. And like $100,000 or something. Yeah. Right. And the, and the purse money too, right? I mean, think about that. Think about how much more money he's going to make at some of these other tracks where we don't always see, we'll see a $300,000 grade one at Santa Anita, but that would be, you know, two or three times as much somewhere else. So I don't know, as far as making a stallion is concerned, I think they have to switch if they want to run, but I, I unfortunately don't own one of those horses. So I don't know <laughs> what they're going to do. <laughs> Someday. So how long do you think it takes before yeah. Churchill makes a decision? Oh, no, no, no. It's not, I, I think, I think it's past the Derby that the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission makes a decision on the Derby. 
Yeah, but the Churchill Downs is, can make the decision on the ban. That has nothing to do with the. With I, then the, they then it doesn't change. That's my point. Okay. I, I think what ends up happening is they come back in June or something or in July and they say, oh, you know what? Yeah, it was bad. We need to take them down, but you should let them run next year. And I think that's what happens. And he, and here here's the thing that's a bit tricky is Bob Baffert, his whole operation is making stallions and finding these grade one winners. Right. And they don't run at five and six. They run <laughs> younger and they win many races and they go to stud mm-hmm. or they go as a broodmare. I mean, even Gamine, they mm-hmm. could have run her another year and they opted to pass. Uh, so, and, and it's, so that's his program, which is great because those are big races that everybody wants to win. The second problem is Bob Baffert has so many of the same type of horses. If, if it was uh, Joe Schmo and he had three really good three-year-olds, okay, you could probably work with that. You could go to different places and, and keep them apart. If you got 12 of them, you're in a rough spot because you can't separate them because there's only so many places you can go. So I think it's just a tricky situation all the way around in terms of managing these horses. Yeah. And I'm just afraid that it might just be a really big pissing match between two powerful entities in the sport. And the only person who loses is the horse racing fans. And, you know, I, that's what I just don't want to have happen because, you know, we just don't need things like that in the sport. We need things that bring people in and, and intrigue them so um all right matt you've got a big weekend coming up so just tell us a little bit about that late sequence at golden gate this on saturday by the way my favorite of all time is charismatic so charismatic (laughs) ran in the elephant oh yeah i want i hit that hit that across the board and i hit it in exacta and it was awesome i'm serious really and and real quiet ran in the race the year before in 1998 Awesome. The story goes, the story goes, by the way, this is a fun story. This is, I heard this from a source who heard it from a first. <laughs> so it's, it's a pretty accurate story. That's a pretty accurate story. Bob Baffert <laughs> comes up, Bob Baffert comes up to Golden Gate Fields in 1998 and real quiet is running in the El Camino Real Derby. And Bob Baffert comes in his cowboy boots and jeans like he always wears. And it's like pouring rain. This is when, of course, they had dirt. And Real Quiet hates the wet track and runs completely up the track, which just runs terrible. (laughs) So Bob Baffert was with Art Sherman's son, Steve Sherman, and and he still ships horses to Steve. Uh, Steve's a trainer here. He still ships horses to Steve when he runs here at Golden Gate Field. He told Steve that day in 1998, I'm never coming back to Golden Gate after this weather. (laughs) And sure enough, it's been 22 years, and he is still – or 23 24 i'm bad with math it's been 24 years and bob baffert apparently has never come back to golden game fields he ships them up he watches on tv so there you go there you go he's watching black adder on tv i heard he's scared of rubber duckies that's what it it could be who travels up yeah is it like jimmy that travels up for him or who does who does the uh this is jimmy okay or um his other assistant is nobody real does somebody just saddle for him, or is it um, the, the yeah, guy yeah, goes yeah, out? Steve. Yeah, Steve. Well, yeah. Steve Sherman. Yeah, I mean, when they come up here, nobody really comes up. Usually, Steve Sherman takes the horse. Black Adder's actually been here for probably a few days at least. 
Oh, good. So he's been galloping over the track. Yeah. So, you know, he's getting acclimated to it. And, and I think Bob and Steve have a pretty good relationship. So it's the same with Doug O'Neill and all those guys. I mean, Doug O'Neill ships to a yeah. guy named Sammy Covario, who's on his own. He used to be the assistant to Armando Laje, who mm-hmm. passed away. But Doug and Armando are friends. So you've got all these guys who have alliances with one another, north and south. And yeah. usually these guys have a pretty good business relationship. So and this is something mm-hmm. good to bring up to on the show. So everybody knows. They don't really come up here and watch them train. I mean, they obviously have horses to train down south, so they have a pretty good trust that these guys up here do a good job and take care of their horses, and I'm sure they communicate mm-hmm. every day on the phone. But that that's sort of the thing. They probably come in, I would say, four to six days before a race and after their final work yeah. down south, and they gallop <laughs> and jog. And by the time they run on the track, they're acclimated to it. So. So you yeah, five... and they don't often come up with their rider as well, like the exercise rider. I mean, a lot of times they'll ship them up and then yeah. whoever they trust in the barn or whatever is, is who's going to get on them. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, Steve is watching uh, Bob's horse, Black Adder. We got Sammy Calvario is keeping an eye on McKinnon. And, and uh, you know, that's worked out for a long time that way. And every time a trainer sends a horse to a certain barn, like I know like which trainers down South where they send their horses to. And it's the same barns yeah. every time and they have a good relationship. So that's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool to see like the horsemen working together on that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's totally. five triple crown nominated horses <laughs> in the El Camino Real Derby this year. Is that a typical yeah. number matter? Is that a little bit higher since we got a Rombauer out of last year's field? Um, I would say it's probably about normal. Good. Um, I would say maybe half the field's triple crown nominated. I mean, you get some cowbreds that run in this race that aren't triple crown Mm -hmm. nominated. Uh, Their connections always feel, well, uh, you know, they're not a Kentucky Derby type of horse, but they're going to be a good Golden Gate horse. And then the race comes up. And this is such a prestigious race in the Bay Area that you get these local guys and they're willing to take a shot in a race like this. It's a really cool race. And, it's like they're Kentucky Derby. So they're going to take a shot whether mm-hmm. the horse is triple crown nominated or not. Yeah, it's a it's a five-digit payout if your horse hits the board. So, hey, take a shot. Is right? it still I mean, a um, sure. win and you're in for the Preakness as well? It is. You get a free berth, all expenses paid trip. So, like, Ron Bauer took advantage of that. It's amazing because his owner, yeah. John Fragden, says this was the whole plan all along. And it was like yeah. it totally came to fruition. <laughs> it worked. It was amazing. Even yeah. McCarthy said – he said, do you want to run in the Derby? And Fratkin goes, I'll wait for the Preakness. He's like, are you crazy? Like, you got one chance to run in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Like, no, we're going to wait for the Preakness. <laughs> sure enough. I, even Mike McCarthy's great. jaw was on the ground watching his horse streak down the stretch <laughs> when the whole plan came together. On this <laughs> show, right. on this show, I crushed them for not running in the Jeff Ruby stakes at, oh, at okay. uh, Turfway just to go synthetic to synthetic. Like, try it out, man. Maybe right. he did it in the Derby. And then he does this. Yeah. And he wins by 100 likes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, like it looks pick great. Five amazing. Just falls apart. Oh uh, my amazing. gosh! Yeah. That video look. That video looks like Pimlico. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Right, so, yeah. So that that was cool. So yeah, big day. You know, we got this late pick three here. Are we, Matt, are you gonna stick around as we handicap? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy oh, to good. listen That's to awesome. what you guys have to say. I'd love that. Yeah. I mean, is by the way, this is a good card, especially this the latter half. I mean. Uh, you got some good quality races here, some good horses, and the El Camino is a good race. So I think that you're going to get some really good races and good finishes uh, just looking at the horses. And I haven't, like, dug too deep into the handicapping just yet, but it looks good. 
looks really good. Yeah, I mean, just for someone who plays the track, I, I try to play the, the early pick five every time uh, that you guys are running because the takeout yeah. rate is so low um, that it makes it a really attractive bet. And um, it is. Of course, I, I hit it on my Sunday favorite one. It didn't it didn't matter? But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily, I played it for sixteen bucks, so that was that was the, the only saving grace. But yeah, uh, to their credit, the the late pick five is a high level allowance, then a maiden special weight, a sixty two thousand dollar optional claimer, the El Camino Real Derby, and then a fifty thousand dollar starter allowance. So it's a serious. As far as races at Golden Gate go, it is the top tier, and they did it for the pick five. Great job sure. there. So whoever you're. Your, whoever's your racing secretary is, they did a great job. Patrick Mackey's his name. He's very Patrick, good. There you go. very awesome. good racing secretary. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. This is a great card. So we're gonna do the uh, the pick three here, starting with race seven, and uh, we'll do a quick pick on the either race on the either side of the El Camino Real Derby. Race seven is a allowance optional claiming race, uh, one mile on the synthetic. Louis, quickly, who did you like here? Yeah, so I went seven six two. Armando Ayuso a couple of weeks ago was listed at about 26% winning percentage. He went over 30% the last two weeks. Um, he has turned into the new Kyle Frey of the track. And so if you see um, him, he's on the uh, seven here, Tom Surprise. If you see Armando's name, it's something that you have to take really seriously. Last two mounts with this horse, he won. Um, the six Charlito is actually in every other type. Mandela hits at 25% off the layoff into 29% in allowance company. That's the six Charlito. And then the two had a really, really tough trip last time to Soro and uh, almost got up anyway. Uh, a terrible start, really bumped if you watch the replay. And so I'm seven, six, two in the optional climber here. Megan. Uh, I have the seven as well. And I, I like that horse so nice. much. I think it's a possible single in there, awesome. um, but I actually went the other way. If you want to spice it up there for an exact or a try or whatever. Um, I included the four Dulles because I think the horse has had two pretty solid starts off of um, uh, a layoff there, just a little bit of a break uh, when he came over from England and he finished third by two lengths and then second by uh, just a length. <clears throat> and I thought he had some trouble in that last race. So the fact that he closed as well as he did tells me that this horse is sitting on a really big one. We often talk about third start off the bench and how that can make yep. all the difference for some of these horses. Um, especially I think a horse like that, that's kind of getting used to the running style of America compared to where he came from. And then you've got a horse like wine and whiskey, which has to be a hunch play for the show, of course. Um, yeah, and he won last time. <laughs> so he, so he is, uh, he is in for that tag because he's now um, ineligible to run in this condition and not have the tag on there. But right. uh, but with that win, I mean, this horse certainly knows how to get the job done at this level. His numbers are right. He's been competitive, you know, around this spot for a while now at the fair circuit as well. So I thought that he would be another one that you might want to include in there. But I think that Tom surprises is the horse to beat for sure. It's interesting and that is with the Richard similar. Mandela shipper in there too. Right. I, I was interested as, you know, uh, something Matt does really well during his calls is he mentions who the jockey is of the winning horse. And I think you think Santos Rivera could be a really special jockey in the future. Is that true? I think uh, he's a very strong rider. Uh, he was an apprentice last year. Right. Um, so Santos mm -hmm. has always been a Bay area guy. He's mm -hmm. thinking he's, he's in his early twenties. So he's a young guy, really nice kid has a really good attitude. Um, and he makes the most out of his opportunities because you get a lot of these uh, guys that have been around here a while and Armando recently, you get guys like Evan Roman and Armando, yeah. and then you got sort of the mainstays like Billy Anton, George, and Irving, and Roscoe. They're picking up a lot of really live mounts, but Santos always seems to 
get his horses to run. He's a really strong jockey. That's one thing I've noticed about him. And he's still got some things to work on, but I see yeah. certain things with him where I'm like, that is not something younger jockeys typically do. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's very good at a judge of pace. He's aggressive out of the gate. He's not scared to make an early move if they're dawdling along out there and he thinks he has horse. And I saw it a few weeks ago with a mare named Fantastic Secret. I mean, he was at the half mile pole lane third and his horse wanted to go and they mm. were going like 24 and 50 and one. And he said the heck with it. And he went off with it, took the lead and goodbye. And I said, most jockeys, <laughs> especially a younger guy, wouldn't do that. You know, and I was very impressed with that. So I definitely yeah. think he's got a future if he gets the right opportunities, you know, and that's half the battle as a rider is getting the right opportunities in these situations and then making the most. of it. True. All right. So we're going to move on to the main event. Uh, 10 Derby points are on the line as well as at all expense paid entry into the Preakness Stakes in the El Camino Real Derby, $100,000 purse, mile and an eighth on the synthetic here. Uh, Louie, who do you like in this race? So I really tried hard to overthink this race. I think it's pretty <laughs> clear that it's McKinnon's to lose. And Doug O'Neill is shipping Abel Cedillo for this one. He's already won two listed stakes over turf. He lost a modern games by less than two lengths in the Breeders' Cup. They tried him on the sham. Uh, on the dirt in the sham. It didn't work. He gets back to a more favorable surface here. Um, that reeks of classic why not us with O'Neill trying the sham. Um, if he runs well here, I, I think O'Neill figures out a path for him to get to Pimlico. Um, Baffert is shipping Blackadder. We've mentioned him already. He's the four. And bringing in Edwin uh, Maldonado as well. They hit together in a limited sample at 31%. And I'm done in my career getting beaten by Baffert in spots. And so I think that it's not an accident <laughs> that that horse is up here. And so uh, it's always worth it to look at who Jonathan Wong has in a race. And the six Boise checks a lot of boxes. One for one over this surface in a listed stakes. Has experience in, in three stakes races. And Wong and Roman hit at 28% together. So if a local wins... My sense is it's going to be Boise's 9-2 morning line. The three unraptured has my guy, Armando Ayuso, who has saved all of my tickets this year. Um, and I think he's the best <laughs> rider at Golden Gate Fields. Has won for fun over two uh, turns at this surface. All the numbers make sense. 25% jockey trainer at Golden Gate. McKenna, 25% at stakes. 19% uh, <laughs> won the last start. So if, if, if a longer shot jumps up, it might be the Florida bread, believe it or not, of all these things, unraptured the three that jumps up. So I am two, four, six, and three in the El Camino Real Derby. Megan, that was not, that was I a took very, the opposite approach yeah. and okay, uh, I like the two horse. I think I think that if you look at it, I mean, it's, yeah, he's he's the. It's just yeah. it's you. Yeah, I I feel like, but sometimes you can do that, you know, and you can you can talk yourself into a lot of other horses and hope that they kind of get the chance. And I'm certainly guilty of that too. But I just feel like with the experience that he's had, although he is not bit tested on the synthetic, and that's going to be the main thing, the fact that he's had so much so many great performances in stakes races, you know, yeah. in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Turf, we say it all the time, you know, really lends itself um, more closely to synthetic than, say, a dirt race would in, in most cases. And so, um, you know, he's got that experience. The sham wasn't a bad performance for him, no, although obviously right. it wasn't his best. But, you know, he um, he ran against Newgrange, who then showed up and won a, um, the Southwest, right, at, uh, at Oakland Park. That was the Baffert shipper ship that went in there with the white face. Yeah, and the that's black right. Horse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's just... I think he's really proven himself already. Um, and he's shown us what he doesn't 
like to do. He doesn't want to sprint, even though he finished second when he did. Uh, and he doesn't want to really run on the dirt. And so I think that this is a perfect spot for a horse like this. And he, he just feels like the easy, logical choice. And if you look at his running lines too, I mean, he's sat and just stalked the leader. And then he came from seven lengths out of it in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf to make a huge run. So this horse right. does have a closing kick. He's not necessarily a one type of a horse. And I feel like, especially when you're trying something for the first time, he's trying the synthetic for the first time, that versatility is going to really come in handy for him. I'm curious to see if um, Blackadder is going to change tactics here. Because I'm not typecasting, but Edwin Maldonado is often <laughs> a jockey that you put on to get a horse out of the gate quickly. He is known as a speed rider. And what's interesting about this is this is not a horse that's shown any early speed in any of his three races. He's come from off the pace. You know, he's needed that that speed to chase. But I almost wonder here if they're going to switch things up and try to see if they can get him to be put into the race a little bit more than he had before. That being said, I still don't think he's going to beat McKinnon. The interesting thing about the El Camino Real Derby, historically, I got, and I'm got i stealing this totally from friend of the show, Ron Flatter at Horse Racing Nation. If you run this race <laughs> 10 times, closers win eight times out of 10, and someone goes wire to wire two times. And so I think what Megan just described are the two possible scenarios here. And so yeah. um, whatever that might be. Yeah. Well, let's close out the pick three with race nine. It is the starter allowance race mile long, uh, a mile in length. Um, quick pick here, Louie, who closes out? for you in the pick three. I'm spreading a little bit here just because I do think there are some horses that can win. I have three, six, seven, and eight. Um, I'm not at all sure that I listed those in order of what I think can win, but trash talking cat is a six year old gelding who's one for 22 lifetime. Welcome to the starter allowance late races. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> um, and then oh, I'm sorry. my the six is vantage point. The Thank seven. you. Yeah. Vantage point might be the most likely, the most likely winner here, but it's one for 11 lifetime. Sugar beats is in this race. Two for five lifetime. One is last two. Only question about sugar beats is breaks made at the 8,000 claimer level moves into the 12, five claiming open level wins again uh, by a neck with Irving Orozco. Irving's just one of those guys that gets things done at a golden gate. So if he's, you know, if they jump up and do that, um, it wouldn't be so shocking. Irving's hitting at 19% this meet. So it, it's one of those. Amico Chow, I think, is the wild card here. Um, one for five lifetime. That one is at Golden Gate on this surface. And so my sense is that's a horse that likes this surface um, for whatever reason. One at a higher level at the 20,000 maiden claiming level. And so um, that's nice. Uh, and then I have Mount Hillier is probably part of it. Is that right, Mike? You do not. The eight? No. Uh, hold on. Sorry about that. No, you do have the eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Montpellier's in this race as well. One for 19 lifetime, but ran second last time. Montpellier is the nine, though. Is the nine? Never mind. Then I don't. Yeah, um, you don't so have let's the, go yeah. back. So I have vantage point, sugar beets, and yeah. Amico Chow. That's right. I had to talk myself out of Montpellier, moving up a little bit too much. For so me, yes, so. you did have the eight. No, you did not have Montpellier. Just bang. So three, right. six, seven, and eight in this race. All right. Trust me, <laughs> you you want to spread in this race. This condition yeah. every yeah, time it runs, someone new wins and I, I i have my hair is going gray because i try to pick a winner and then another horse i don't think wins and then i go to them and then they lose and the one i picked last time wins it happens all the time this, this is condition. such a cool part of the, the especially these two races of that golden hour pick four because yeah you have the el camino rail derby and if you think there's a horse that could beat mckinnon man it's gonna pay i mean that that it's going it to will. change if it's, it's gonna change that pick four all together and so um, yep. mm -hmm. especially if you have a strong opinion in this last race. So. 
Maybe. Yeah. McKinnon's going to be tough. Uh, I agree with you guys. But, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, I've got the 571. So. The 571? Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say really quick I just wanted to mention in the El Camino Real, don't sleep on Unraptured. That's it. He's a very okay. good yeah. horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll get to that later. Megan, I want to hear what you have to say on race nine. Refine sure. now. That's um, a nice horse. <clears throat> Yeah, so I've got Refi now for uh, D. Wayne Baker. And just kind of the fact that they gave this horse the race last time, I think he can improve here. He finished a really good fourth. He closed nicely. It was a big long shot that day. But, um, you know, you've got some connections in here that do pretty well together. And then you've got the seven horse, who is Sugar Beats, who you guys mentioned, yeah. coming from off the pace with some really strong connections. Obviously moving up in class just a little bit here, but I think he's certainly run well enough. And then you've got the one horse, which is Champagne Pegasus, mm. um, who last time ran just a, I don't know if you could say a 16th of a mile is a little bit too far, but he obviously does prefer like the straight mile. Um, and so he the fact that he gets a little bit less distance to work with here, you know, I feel like this is just the better distance for him. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see this horse be right there in the mix as well. All right, Louie, let's show your pick three ticket on the board here. This does have a single from McKinnon yeah. uh, in the, in the uh, El Camino. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pressing a little bit on a play for three bucks. It's less than $25, $24 ticket here, two, six, seven, then the two, and then three, six, and seven, eight. You could play this for a buck and add Megan's one and five in the last race. And if I'm doing the math right, that mm -hmm. would be about a $15 ticket. That's a totally playable pick three. Cool. You play for two bucks for 30 bucks. That's a cool ticket. And so um, I, I do like Champagne Pegasus, by the way. I think that's actually Megan's, but I don't like um, Refi now. Uh, Refi now. I don't like that horse. I, I have a. <laughs> I'd much rather you no, 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 list, but it's, list your house than buy something new. That's what I, 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 yeah. I hear. Yeah. You. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I, um, I have a thing with Billy anti Georgie right now that I don't like him. It's just one of those things. Okay. All of us have those moments with jockeys. And so I just, I'm, so I'm going to put it on the board. Refi now is going to win that <laughs> so race. That's it. So. By seven <laughs> lengths at least. I mean, the, the and look at him. He's showing out. <laughs> the question is, he does have to step up. He's never going to ride a ground before. But if he can handle it, then I'm, I'm curious to see what what's going to work for this horse and if, if this is it. So I don't know. I, I he ran against him in there is kind of a, a wild card play. Yeah. He ran against an above oh. average field last time. I'll say, I mean, Don Chick is a good horse from down south. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So he's kind of well, a wild card horse. Well, hopefully so Matt, everyone tunes in to Matt on at Golden Gate Field for a big day of racing. I know you're excited. So, Louie, do you have a question for Matt? I just wanted to ask Matt just your, I mean, outside, obviously, I think McKinnon is the big shipper here. And you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the three uh, unraptured there. <clears throat> you know, just, you called how many how many actually how many of these have you called this will be my fifth i've called four el camino real derbies yeah where has so, the time time flies awesome. when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, in your in your experience is it the shippers that win is it the is it the locals that win what what has matt derniman seen in the last four years uh typically i've seen the shippers win um, but you have to have a really good quality horse to beat the shippers. And we saw that with another twist of fate. So paved won the first year I called it. She was a really nice filly. She went on to place yeah. in grade one. Uh, then mm -hmm. an, another twist of fate won. And he, he was terrific. Wire to wire. He was a great There's one of your wire to wire. wire to wire. Yep. And, and he was a special horse and it's unfortunate he he's retired, but um, if he was, 
if he was at his best, that horse would have had grade one talent. And it takes a really good horse to beat some of those. I mean, he he was a really good horse. Then Azul Coast, he won the yeah. next year, and he's a grade three winner. So he's turned yeah. out pretty decent. And most recently, Ron Bauer. So um, all four very nice horses. McKinnon sort of fits the bill, I think. I mean, he's got the class. If modern games, mm-hmm. if Charlie Appleby wanted to run in the El Camino Real Derby, he'd be one to five. <laughs> <laughs> one to nine, yeah. <laughs> one to nine. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, I, I hope that this race can be a grade three race at some point because I think the winners are really nice that. horses coming out of it. I was just going to say that. Um, so, yeah. But, but I think you got to have a good quality horse. And I talked about it. I did a Twitter space like the yeah, second last time night. in my life yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And I just uh-huh. said – the reason that I think you get these shippers winning is because you get some really nice local horses, no doubt about it, at Golden right. Gate. But you also get horses that they're taking a shot. It's a prestigious race in the area. This is like the mm-hmm. Long Acres Mile when I was at Emerald in a way. I mean, it's a mm. very local, prestigious <laughs> race. People want to be in it. And uh, you mm-hmm. get sort of a, a pretty significant difference between the bottom <laughs> end, the middle end, and then the top end. Um, mm-hmm. So... That's my long answer to that question. Buddy, thanks for coming guy. on again. You've been a great friend of the show. We always yeah. love having you on. Hopefully yeah, thanks, Matt. Here to have you on again. Oh, I so. love the show. Yeah, I often <laughs> tune in. So I hope I can come on again and we'll anytime. wear a crown like Louis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any, anytime you want to come on, you're, you're more than welcome. Yes, uh, absolutely. Tune into right, Golden buddy. Gate this week. It's going to be fun. It'll be a fun and uh, – atmosphere full of uh festivities all right bud talk to you <laughs> soon all right, Matt. see you buddy take care all right that was matt dinnerman golden gate fields and uh he's always <laughs> was, a great guy to be on here i was like it couldn't get more matt dinnerman happy. than he said adverse atmosphere of festivities i mean just what a what a dismount. i mean that's my guy <laughs> can what we a, get oh. him a um <clears throat> horse racing happy hour branded rubber duck I think that's Louie and I were actually talking. We actually been, talked about that. If you had been you? at the pre-show event that we have, like the the fifteen-minute pre-show meeting pre-show. that we always have, <laughs> you, know, you know, you would understand oh, that not, that is exactly it's not in my contract. Absolutely not. Oh, so JD's pointing out, by the way, the the ticket I talked about with Megan. If you played it for two bucks, it would actually be thirty-six bucks, like my ticket. So it would be more spread out mm-hmm. in the last race, but um, but a similar cost actually. So, hey, hey, can I can I just give a shout out to our fans? By the way, Louie? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you've looked at the stats for the plays of last week's episode. Oh yeah. I mean, it's oh, off yeah. the charts. And then, and we were on for like almost an hour and a half, and more than fifty percent of that of the crowd lasted the entire show. And that's right. And like ninety something percent made it an hour. I mean, it was uh, fantastic. They basically listened to me being funny. And then once you all started getting boring handicapping, you know that's what happened. It just dropped <laughs> off. So, did you see what happened this with our demographics? By the way. Uh, we got more women. Number one. Yeah. And we have a Woo-hoo. listener in mainland China. Oh. For the first time. There you go. Nice. I um, I have done a little research. Someone in the Olympic Village is listening to the horse racing. <gasps> oh, nice. Maybe that works for NBC on the that, horse racing. That could be. That could, that's the, probably the most likely situation. Uh, look, right there's, there. there's lots of candidates, but I am. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike say Rico. who it is. It's my Tariko. <laughs> Tariko's listening. It's That's Tariko. Yeah. He's in I mean, Connecticut, he, but it's <laughs> he's in Connecticut. Send, but he's in China. He's not. They didn't send any of the invites. Uh, uh, I don't. I they sent a couple. They they, no, they the talent didn't go. Nowadays, the they go. don't send. They haven't sent talent in a lot of years. But I mean, some, some they will, but the most they keep in Stanford. So. Can I just say that 
this is the least interested I've ever been in the Winter Olympics too. Like I've just you are not alone. I've, I don't I've know won- why. I've no interest. I'll be honest. The only things I love in the Winter Olympics, I am a the hockey right. No curling. I'm a dork for curling. Oh my god. Oh, the Italian mixed doubles team oh. killing it. Oh, just inject curling into my veins, and I mean like <laughs> all of it. I watch it now. When I, you know, growing up in Michigan, we would get CBC uh, Canadian Broadcasting. And they would have curling on Saturday nights. And, oh, and in like college, a 100%. So like the horse racing happy hours, a drinking game, we would have drinking games about curling in college. A 100%. Because it's like negative 20 degrees outside at Michigan State. You can't go outside. And so you're just like, we're going to sit in the dorm and drink to curling. 100%. Yeah, it was great. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's move on to Tampa Bay Downs. <laughs> Too much curling talk. Tampa Bay Downs. Well, it. I just want to make sure that we have listeners listen to this whole show. Too, <laughs> Uh, we still have a lot of handicapping to go. Race hook. six is the minaret stakes. Uh, by the way, what is a minaret? Uh, it's a uh, puppet. A, a no. 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 Okay. I have no it idea. It is a tower. It was like a, a tower a, that is built into or adjacent to a mosque. It is a Muslim. I don't know if that's. Oh, the oh it's the spire on top there, essentially. A tall, slender like a tower, typically part of a mosque, with a balcony from which the. Uh, from which a, a muezzin calls Muslims to prayer. So there oh, you go. Okay, got it. I don't know if that's what this All race right. is named after, but that's if what you're it is. in. If you're ever in Hamtramck, okay. uh, inside of Detroit, you can actually hear uh, the call to prayer from uh, from the men right there. There you go. All right, Louie, does Megan win this race? <laughs> so. I win this race? I didn't even pick me. <laughs> there you go. All right, so I hate this I race. I'm going to be on record. Me, so I but okay. uh, I have the two nightcap on top, five for five on dirt, set the track on fire last time out. She's a bit of a stalker. She gets an extra half furlong this, in this one. The five Poseidon's Passion is coming off the turf, but keeps uh, top jockey Sammy Camacho. Trader James Kulik goes turf to dirt at 31%. So we're going to include the five. And then Quinoa Tifa, which is That's one a of the great greatest name. names is a great in the name. history of horse racing. Oh. Get, gets Lysix <laughs> again and picks up Irad. Has been running in Six Company. Who knows? I that is such a solid name. I went. I went two five eight here. All right, MB. Uh, I have the same, but I'm swapping it. So I've got the five eight, and then like maybe the two is kind of how okay. I thought of that. So I've got the five Poseidon's Fashion. Um, <clears throat> love the uh, just Jesus. percentage there for for the trainer uh, who wins at thirty one percent when making that switch, and the fact that this horse is gonna. Um, mm. Switch over to that. I'm fine with it. Also, this is a horse who ran third in the minaret just last year. And the Correct. only off effort that this horse has had on the main track was when the conditions were not ideal. I think the track was listed as good, but it's supposed to be 80 degrees and sunny. And so perfect. I don't think that's yeah, going right. to be anything <laughs> that we're going to have to worry about. Um, and then I've got the eight who you mentioned. And the uh, especially since she gets Lasix back uh, for this race, which yep. I think is going to be really, really important. Um, and then the two horse who you mentioned already, Nightcap, I, I put on there, but I... I prefer the other two if I had to keep it short. Sure. All right. We're going to move on to race seven, which is the Pelican. Megan, what is a Pelican? No, I'm just joking. Uh, 100,000 <laughs> races. It is, six, it is a six furlong sprint. And uh, we definitely have a huge star in this race that we'll get to in just a second. But it's it, it bears noting that there's two horses that have raced in this before that have actually come in second. That Number one, a horse that we talked about last week, He Hate Me, was second in this race two years uh-huh. ago. And then the year before that, the second place horse was Sweet on the Ladies. So there you go. So we got a <laughs> Sweet on the Ladies. Sweet on the Ladies. I yeah. I forgot about so, that one. 
Um, I mean, Louis, should do I even it. ask you who you're going to pick? Do it. Megan, do you go it. first in this race. <laughs> Just make him hold out. Um, yep. I am not. I am not picking King Guillermo. I am not. Uh, I Drink. think so. Tell Bangkok everyone why you're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just don't think that King Guillermo is going to get there. He's never sprinted and won. I, Let's my go. notes were never sprinted and won. LOL. Why? <laughs> Blinkers. So that's what I've got there. I just, the blinkers are not going to matter. You can't put that much speed. I, I will say that when he was training at Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby, he was ultra you fell fast. In love. Um, you fell in love. And he, was like out of control fast i mean so i appreciate that but i just i don't know i think there's a lot of a lot of unknowns and if he would have come back in um in the grade two race or even the handicap too and had a better showing of himself then i think i would have been more inclined to put him on there but he was just blah and so i don't know i'm gonna try to bet against him here i got bank on shay my one concern is there does seem to be a lot of speed signed on in here and he definitely seems to be more of a a speed horse baby yoda um, but the thing is, is that Bill Mott never wins when I watch. Do you know that? Because <laughs> I, don't watch. I, don't I, watch. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, okay, I won't watch. But it's like, I looked at his percentage and I was like, man, he must be having not a great year. And then I looked and it was 20% that he's winning at right now. So I don't know. I just never see him cross the finish line first. Um, but I think the race two back where he had a bad performance, that was at Mahoney Valley. And they've got those tighter turns there in the spring. What is it? Steel Valley Sprint Stakes? Uh, so I'm um, I'm gonna forgive him for that one. And then the six is uh, Cajun Casanova, who I thought could be in the mix. So I'm not going for King Guillermo. All right, Louis, who do you got? That, that Megan, question. Is Ed Orgeron, by the way, that's the same. Question, Megan, what is King Guillermo's hit rate right. graded stakes at Tampa Bay? Hit rate one for go. one, one for one, 100 percent Hey, that was a grade mm-hmm. two. We're in more comfortable listed mm-hmm. company here, Megan. Hey. Long okay. with the king, Megan. What class is his class. average? What is his average speed figure at Tampa Bay, Megan? He's only had one race, Louis. Ninety-nine. 99 that's yeah. the average. Ninety-nine. <laughs> the average of is ninety-nine. The average let's of go. the sample size of one. Let's go. <laughs> Blinkers. Let's okay. go. So, baby, you're going to win this All race. Right. I had no idea he was gelded. Um, <laughs> The only good thing about Baby Yoda being gelded is that we're going to get him for a lot of years. Like maybe he's a new Grogu. Um, so I'm three two in this race. Um, yeah, not proud of this, that. This could be my favorite trifecta play of all time based on names because I will definitely play the King Guillermo, Baby Yoda, uh, Boca Boy tri- uh, trifecta. All all horses so that I love. King Guillermo, finish your drink. People. I used finish to be it. Boca Boy. You know, like five races left. Finish the drink. Let's go. King Guillermo and I love Baby Yoda. And uh, hopefully you all just, you know, dorked out like I did yesterday and finished Book of Boba Fett with the with the finale. Serious horse talk. Um they, they ship Baby Yoda. He finishes behind flight line in the Malibu. Guess what? There's mm-hmm. no shame of finishing behind flight line. What? He finished ahead of Stiletto Boy, who just showed out in the Pegasus. Right. Maybe yeah. Yoda's a serious horse, right? So he you is. get Jose Ortiz here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so uh so that's that. Mike, do not read the private chat right now. You will explode. Um wh- oh my god. <laughs> JD has never seen a seen a single minute of Star Wars. <laughs> Louis. Louis is one of my my clients in the real estate world. Louis, what do I do when a Star Wars movie is released in the theaters for my clients? You buy the theater. The whole, not one theater. We bought four theaters. In <laughs> we true. bought out four theaters. Wow. 
I mean, it is commitment. I did watch the book of Boba Fett. Who else watched the book of Boba Fett with me? I mean, I don't know what you're saying. I will say, (laughs) I will say, I have not seen a single minute of Harry Potter. Which I love as well. A single minute of Lord of the Rings. Neither of those. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I would go I with Rocco. Like, I'm a total nerd. Absolutely. No, no, my wife? Yep. All of it. Nope. I don't Every need to see one. a second-rate Gandalf. Love it. <laughs> mm. Nope. Love it. There's only one. Oh, Mike, you're the Gandalf, right? I am the Gandalf. They sold yeah. that horse that was in the movie, uh, Gandalf's horse, for like a lot of money. It was like, Did they? I, what did they say? Yeah. yeah. It was a lot. Shadow facts. I cannot believe that I'm with non-Star Wars fans right now. Okay, so uh, let's move on. No, one, to... just one, just one. Megan, have you ever seen Star Wars? Of course she has. Yes. Uh, okay. Some right. of it. Yeah. Most. Some of it. At least one. If I say Darth Sidious, <laughs> do you know who that is? Oh, there you go. The guy with the face. No, that's Darth Maul. Well, they all have faces. All guys have faces. But um, let's <laughs> well, go with... That's why I said that, because I figured it was a general answer. Yeah. It's the one with the body. All right, let's go uh, on to the Sun Coast. It's a hundred fifty thousand dollar race for fillies that are three years old. It's a mile and forty yards. Hundred fifty thousand dollars from the Sun Coast, Louie. You are the Philly Whisperer. Who do you like here? Two turns here, baby. I'm going to assume a little class don't class. Yeah. Nest is is the obvious most likely winner here. Um, I was close though. I'll be honest to using Louis long shot in this race because I think peaceful surprise the six. Louis long shot yeah. is. Stole it from me. I was gonna say that. Oh, okay. Sorry, Broker Maiden. First time out going to <laughs> Clamont and Camacho hit at twenty nine percent. Clamont also hits at a nice nineteen percent in stakes as well. I do think Nest is too classy. I'm two six. I will be very clear. That's my hard exacta, my cold exacta in this race. So that's like a ten, fifteen, mm-hmm. twenty dollar type exacta, that kind of thing. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. I think Nest is super, super freaking classy. I love her. But I do think yeah. Peaceful Surprise is a really nice filly. Yeah. Uh, so my notes were, where is speed? Question mark. Um, yeah, okay. I think Ness, class going class for sure. Um, <clears throat> and she at least is, it's not like she comes from way off of it. She sits pretty close no. to the pace, so she's fine. Okay. But, um, the Six Horse Peaceful Surprise, love the effort. One for one at uh, at Tampa. Although she will not run with Six here today. She did run with it on her debut. Um, but she's got the experience uh at the distance, she's had Sammy Camacho aboard before. The other horse that I thought about, but again, this is where the speed thing comes into play. And I don't know. It's so hard because sometimes you don't get the the run that you want first time out. So if a horse has only had one start, like Peaceful Surprise, like Princess Elin, you, you don't, they might show you a whole different side of themselves the second time. And so I, I don't, I'm curious to know if there's any speed for her to chase, but the eight horse Princess Elin. Oh. Um, is one that I think is really interesting. That trainer, Alnaz Ali, yes, is winning at twenty nine percent, and uh, yep. you get Keenan as a board who's winning at twenty percent as well. And she had a great showing of herself on debut right here at Tampa Bay Down. So <clears throat> she's going to step up obviously, and she's going to stretch out. But I'm curious to see if what we see from her. She'd be another long shot play. Who is Elin? Tiger Woods's ex wife. Oh, look at you. All right, That's look pretty at impressive. You. Right, look at hey, uh, does this have this has Oaks points? It does. Ten. Yep. Yeah, ten Oaks points on this race. This is the this is the Sam F. Davis for Phillies that day. Yes, that's right. Yep. Right. And it is two turns, to be fair, to the to the Sun Coast. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we've exactly. seen like po- point of honor <laughs> won this race. Oh, it's it's a serious this is a serious yeah. prep, actually. Yes. That's Absolutely. Right. Yep. 
All right, uh, let's move on then. This is a quick pick in race nine. So, Louis, who do you like in this allowance race? I have eight, and if the 14 gets in, include the 14 and then three and five. So I have the eight on top, uh, editor-at-large, Chad Brown, and I read on the grass. Shocker there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the 14 is A.E. Applecross, uh, Bill Maud, and Jose Ortiz. I'm simply just betting Jose Ortiz, won't lie. And then uh, getting back, the three is Giggle Factory um, with Giovanni Garcia. And then uh, the five is uh, Jean V's Legacy with Pablo Morales there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Dini's having a really, really good year um, as a trainer. And so I'm eight, 14, three, and five. It's unlikely the 14 is going to get in here, so you'll you'll be able to shorten up a little bit. Um, but eight, right. 14, three, and five. Megan, uh, samezies. I've got eight, 14, and then possibly ten is the other oh, horse nice. that I use. So I went with uh, Gladys. Are we calling her or Gladys? I'm not really sure what we're doing there. It's Gladys. Um, yeah. There are notes on here that I did not write that say full sister to Rachel Alexandra. So cannot confirm Whoa. nor deny. Didn't take the time Whoa. to look it up. To be honest with you. Is that Gladys? Uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. So um, so there's that. But uh, but yeah. She was pretty good. All of that aside, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think this horse has actually run some pretty good numbers, and I'm, I like to see the five to one price because I thought I wasn't sure what we were going to get on her. So I think she's a pretty solid contender as well. All right. Well, I guess Michael Jordan had brothers who weren't that good in basketball, though. So you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, you know his sister was better than him in high school. I don't know what that was. All right, let's move on to the main event. A mile on 16th. It is the grade three, $250,000 race. The Sam F Davis. I'm Mm -hmm. slacking today, but uh, go ahead. And uh, Louis, who do you like in the Sam F Davis? All right. So last week I gave out white Barrio um, based on his two turn experience in the Kentucky jockey club. Guess who finished right in front of him? Okay, that's actually really fair. The three in this race class is classic cosplay. <laughs> Finished second in that race. I'm going to trust that that was a stacked top three in that race. Go ahead and put him in the top spot. Jose Ortiz was on classic causeway early in his career at the spa in, at Keeneland. He's jumped to seven, make it big for Safi, uh, Trader Safi Joseph Jr., who, by the way, was glistening on TVG this past weekend. Best chest hair in horse racing. Not close. I mean, just, <laughs> just. And maybe maybe the only man bun also. Look, crushing. The guy's crushing. I he looks like Gulfstream Park. I love the guy. All right. So <laughs> can Safi win the Holy Bull and then a week later win the Davis? Dude, that would be a cool ass story. And we'd likely get cool. more chest hair shots. Man, I love all that. So let's go. Let's include. Now the six. Now we know what Louis should... do. <laughs> yeah, no, look, whatever. Look, we all have our things. We still know. <laughs> The six ship stational looks great on paper. Winner at Saratoga, winner at Belmont. Hasn't run since October. Trader Ed Barker does not Wait, do you well said you mean the eight, of... the eight ship stational, right? Oh man, my numbers are all I didn't have. Yes, the eight. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, Trader Ed Barker. Again, the preparation right of these people. Jeez. Yes. Right. So Ed Barker <laughs> doesn't do well with these sorts of runners. I think there's a little too much class for him here. Midshipman yeah. for a dad in a Thunder Gulch mare. I feel like this one, this is the horse that'll beat me that I'm going to leave out of my cards. Just at FYI, if you want to bet a horse, this is it. The eight okay. um, might be a contender by Tampa Bay Derby time. I'm going to leave him off right now because he's never gone two turns. I am so yeah, down exactly. on Dale Romans that his name being next mm-hmm. to the nine howling time immediately disqualifies mm-hmm. this horse for me. Um, I, I can't believe yeah. how down on Dale Romans. And that's, it's, 
that's a two, Mike, I don't, what's that, Mike? 18 months for me, two years with Dale, something like yeah. that. I do think the 11 strike hard has the shot to hit the board here. After a reasonably good showing in the Mucho Macho Man last time out, defeated AP Secret before AP Secret came back, next start to win. It would be the first stakes winner ever for Matthew Williams. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Who recently trained Oak starter Dream Marie. So it's not as though he hasn't gotten horses to good spots. He just hasn't had a stakes mm-hmm. win. I think he's probably a little in over his head here. So I'm going to go really short. I said a lot of things to go 3 7. All right. Okay. Uh, Megan. Um, so, the, as, as simple as my handicapping has been this show, uh, between both here and Golden Gate Fields, this is the race where I'm going to spread. Uh, nice. Because I just felt Love like it. there was a number of horses. And I think you, we see some pretty decent prices out of this race um, historically in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. So I, I'm going to go with the uh, six horse trademark uh, as one of my top contenders there at 15 to 1 for Danny Centeno, right. who does very well here. Oh, Mickey Oliver's got this one in. Yeah, exactly. And uh, although I am ignoring, I am ignoring the over 18 <laughs> stakes. But besides that, if you just throw that out, <laughs> this gelding's coming into this start, uh, into this race really, really well. He comes in with a nice sharp five furlongs over a pace in. Um, I like his running style. He's got that early speed if he needs it, but he's not necessarily need the lead horse. He has gone um, a mile and a sixteenth twice at Churchill Downs, so he's got the distance experience. Uh, so I, I figured, why not? I think this is a really wide open race. I had. Hmm. I looked, I watched the replay a couple of times in the Kentucky Jockey uh, Cup there, which both Classic Causeway and um, Howling Time were in. And my one concern with Classic Causeway is that he has never won at two turns before. But I will say that I liked the way that he came running at the end of that race. Um, This will be his first race after a layoff from november so he definitely has some work to to get done here but it seems like they certainly have tried to put some stamina into this horse because his last few workout distances were seven furlongs six furlongs five furlongs and a bullet workout for five furlongs so i mean i think he certainly will be fit after that if not tired uh, and you get Irad Ortiz aboard there so <clears throat> that one's certainly a contender howling time my one issue with this horse is that I thought he had the perfect trip in the Mm. Kentucky Jockey Gold Cup. I mean, there was, he had everything his way. He went to the front. Nobody really pushed him too hard. Like he had horses behind him, but it wasn't a huge deal. Um, I also thought he was getting out a little bit. So what I mean by that is like drifting out. And and he showed quite a bit of greenness in doing that on the first turn. And then if you actually do watch the replay, sometimes you can see riders either anticipate that or if they have a horse that they know does get out, um, they'll ride a little bit tighter with their um, inside rein. So you'll actually see the slack from the outside rein hanging right. below a little bit more. And that's how Joe Telmo was riding the whole time on Howling Time. So I think he, I don't know if that was just greenness, but um, but yeah, the fact that White Abario was in that race and finished third, I think it was a pretty decent field. I just, I couldn't come up with an excuse besides he just needed to grow up. But is that enough for me to really put all my right. eggs in that basket? I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> the 12 horse is Kitten Mischief. I really mm. respect Jonathan Thomas as a conditioner. Yep. I think he, totally agree. I mean, he trained Catholic boy, right? He's had some really, really nice horses before. And um, this one I think could be a contender as well, just based off of some of the races he's been in. I know they were at Aqueduct and Goldstream over the 
um, <clears throat> that mile, but the flat mile, but he, he also seems like a horse that, that could come in, uh, and be a contender. I think you had the, did you have the, did you mention the four, Louis, any of those? I did not. No, you mentioned the, okay. Yeah. So the other three that I thought about, including, I'm not sure where I'm going to go on this is the five, four and seven. So you mentioned the seven and the other two are Cassie horses in here, but they're both a little bit, um, pace dependent. And so we'll have to see how that's going to shape up in this particular race. I'll take strike hard because the Cobra Kai, which Megan's never watched. There you know go. It is. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, just, just breaking news a little bit. Joel Rosario just named, got the Eclipse <laughs> Award for Jockey of the Year. The other mm -hmm. uh, really Eclipse oh, cool. Award winners yeah. so far, Latruska, CC, Malafat. Yep. Uh, Lo Loves Only You. You know, that's, I don't think there's any Echo real surprises Zulu. here. Wow, yeah. Joel beat Luis, yeah. huh? That's interesting. So I don't think Luis was even a finalist. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, he was. I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't think he was. But anyway, uh, I know Flavin was, and I know, uh, well, maybe Luis was the other one. I don't know. But um, that's what we got so far. And the Eclipse Awards, which again, I don't pay much attention mm -hmm. to, but I don't know. It's great for the industry. Man, right. I wish we right could now they're they're the... just about to call um, <clears throat> uh, apprentice you... jockey, which I just wanted to mention that if uh, Jesse Pfeiffer gets it, she's will be the third woman ever to win uh, apprentice jockey. So, so are you watching it while are, you're doing the show? Home Junior, yeah, totally, and Emma Jane right. Wilson in 2005. So, right. Jessica is such a great rider that I don't even she's think of such her as an apprentice. Great I don't even think of her as an apprentice. But we need to start go. the uh, we we want to start the Twitter fan just like pushing that the horse racing happy hour hosts, hosts. the Eclipse Awards next year. Oh, so, Jesse got it! She got listen. it! Did she get it? Oh, oh, there you go! go. Awesome. Yeah, All right, so, that's great! That's oh, fantastic! That's <laughs> but yes, so really you know, excited. fans just start putting you know tweets out to the NTRA and just let them know that. Um, I could wear a little black dress. These are things. Yeah, we need to make sure that we're out there and we're. Oh, and then we just got some other breaking news that the California Horse Racing Board just put out the Medina Spirits Necropsy Report will be released tomorrow at noon. So, all right. So let's go. Predictions? Let's, predictions? Uh, inclusive. Uh, and yes, probably. Okay. Let's go on. on to race 11. This will wrap up the pick six. This is going to be another quick pick for us. It is a claiming race on a mile and a 16th. Uh, Louis, who is your quick pick here? All. <laughs> all for Louis. Megan. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm listening to her speech. Uh, I got the twelve nine five six. All right, so let's look at Louis' pit <laughs> ticket real quick. Uh, for the pick six, look at me putting together a pick six that I'll never hit. Look at that, two singles. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> two horses in Megan's spread race. Look at that. Let's go. Ugh. All right, there it is. So fifty seven sixty. If you want to lose all that money, so uh, take Louis' pick. Any closing words for my friends on the horse racing happy hour? I mean, Kid Guillermo, let's be real. I mean, it's just, um, it's such, you know, other people live through native dancer and charismatic and, and those kinds of horses. We There's get Phil never, Pass and King Guillermo. It's, it's better than all those. It's way better. I mean, we're living in the golden age right now. I mean, just, I mean, you people get to watch King Guillermo. Think about it's exciting. that. If you, People in the 1930s would kill to watch King Guillermo. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is the best. <laughs> we're, we're at the top right now. 
I'm just amazed that we talked about the same F Davis stakes and didn't even mention Sully Volante. So who won two years ago? That's right. Let's go. That's another drinking rule. That's another drinking one. Bottoms up. Finish it right now. MD, what do you got? What do I got? What? I missed the question. No, anything to closing closing words here or anything you want to say? No. Congrats to Jesse and congrats to Jesse. Super excited about that. She she uh by the way, she put she put law school on hold to oh, wow. uh be a jockey so she and she was a is is a very very accomplished um show jumping rider that's where she that's started right. and that's then she, started, she galloped yep. horses a little bit and her dad her stepdad is phil d'amato the trainer out there in california and he didn't he want a like, letter at first so she was just ponying yeah and then she he was like well i can't really stop you and she was really good and then she galloped quite a few for richard mandela and he really helped her and and then she was like, yeah, I guess I'll just wait for law school. <laughs> like, I'll just stop and do this instead. And so, I mean, uh, good on her because awesome. she's a sweet girl and she's sure. like an excellent, excellent horsewoman. Well, congratulations to all the Eclipse Award winners out there. Uh, we're going to pay the tab and get out of here. We will see you next time on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Also, very special thanks to Matt Dinnerman for joining us today. Closing and uh, JD, JD, great job. We'll talk to you next time. Let you out into the world.